0: The SBI crew is here in Portland, and we're less than 24 hours away from the MLS All-Star game. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me in person for our third show ever, face-to-face, is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, dude?
1: Nothing much, Garrett. We're here in Portland taking in all the All-Star festivities. Uh, We had our SBI meetup on uh, Monday night at Kells, and I had a pretty good time, good turnout. We had to share the venue with Men in Blazers, and... course they fill the place and we had our little corner of the spot but it was good it was good to meet some folks and even had someone buy you a cosmo
0: that was the it's the worst night of my life the guy comes up to me goes are you garrett i'm like yes then he hands me a cosmo the cosmo was supposed to be for you
1: it was that was the highlight of the night highlight of the highlight of the trip and i gotta say it all happened in slow motion and i really thought i really thought someone was gonna finally buy me a cosmo I i thought i thought it was headed my way but thank you Whoever you are, I, didn't, I don't think I didn't get your name, unfortunately, but you are you are my you are my favorite listener now. Hope I see you again, so I can give you a big hug.
0: I will say the Cosmo was it wasn't that good actually.
1: I thought it was take, actually I took a sip, but that was all right. Maybe I will start drinking Cosmo. Wait,
0: that's the highlight of the trip. I thought the highlight of the trip was when you introduced me to uh, Jimmy Conrad.
1: That was the one of the funnier moments of the trip when uh, he, he called uh, he called Garrett the uh, love child. Actually, I, I introduced Garrett as Alexi Lawless's love child, and uh, and Jimmy Conrad's response was, "With who, Dax McCarty?" <laughs> so Garrett wasn't happy about that.
0: I know Jimmy Conrad sucks. Can you believe that?
1: Come on, he's a legend.
0: Who cares? Dax McCarty, Alexi Lawless, reckless. Uh, well, I we have tons to talk about on today's show. Uh, Most of it is evolving around the All-Star game because, as we know, you get all the executives here, all the MLS owners, lots of things going on at the same time. So we'll talk a little bit about that, recap the previous weekend of Major League Soccer action. Also, uh, before, uh, on Tuesday, uh, MLS Deputy Commissioner Mark Abbott spoke to the media. We'll talk about his comments and some of the things that he addressed on. Uh, And we'll also talk about Seth Blatter, but before we get into all of that um, I didn't have a chance to check out the game because I was still flying, arriving into Portland, uh, but you had a chance to check out the homegrown game, the first one that Major League Soccer has ever had. For that, for everyone who isn't aware, is the homegrown players played against Portland Timbers' U23 team and, uh, you know, kind of showcase the younger talent type of thing. I mean, Ivis, uh, I know you went to the game. Kind of what was your impression and overall thoughts on, uh, on the game from Monday night? Uh,
1: it, w- it wasn't the most exciting game. Uh, it, 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 the format itself, Lended, lended itself to being a potentially exciting game. Unfortunately, uh, you know the top players in the in the squad were didn't start the match, and some didn't play. Jazzy's artist didn't play. Will Trap and um, Harrison Ship didn't start. So the the first half was rough. Let's just put it that way. But you know we saw a better second half. I thought, uh, I thought. Look, Harrison Ship, you see the quality. Uh, you see why he is the rookie of the year front runner. Will Trap is obviously a class player. He showed his quality. Tommy Thompson was really active as well. Uh, he he might have dribbled a little bit too much, but you know he he was really making an effort trying to to, to make something happen. Uh, you know, I I like the fact that he's kind of coming along now and 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 showing why. Like for me, you know, he was my second choice for rookie of the year. Harrison Ship was my preseason choice, but. Mm-hmm. The game itself was a little blah. I mean, hey, credit to Portland's U23s. Uh, they came to play. They they, they didn't make things easy. Uh, Christian Roldan, the, the University of Washington playmaker, was in the game. Uh, he, For those of you who don't remember or are not aware, he was offered a Generation Adidas contract. And he was one of MLS's top targets last winter for a Generation Adidas contract. Turned it down. He's back for his sophomore year, and he's ready. he, he believes he's ready now to make that jump to the pros, and I think you're talking about a kid who who should and could be one of the top picks in the draft uh, in January.
0: Uh, Do you think this game takes away anything from from that? I mean, do you think that MLS is going to look at this and say, hey, it was a one-off, good opportunity, we won't do it again next year? I mean, because I I like to think that they're going to keep doing this. Well...
1: I think you need to have a game like this, but I think the format can certainly be tweaked. And Moby uh, Mobiakugo on Twitter, uh, and, and it seemed like he was half-joking, but it's a really good idea, I think, is you have the homegrown players take on the Generation Adidas players. And uh, I think that could be a good game. I think, it, it, you know, you showcase more top young talent. And, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be tough when you have teams that don't want their guys to play. You have this tight schedule. Uh, so, you know, you have players who are coming off, off of weekend games. Uh, you know if you play on Saturday or you're really gonna play in monday in a in an exhibition so uh, you know may, hopefully that gets tweaked in the future and, and it's set up more in a way that it can really be a true showcase. I don't like the idea of you know Portland's and nothing against the portland twenty threes they 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 played okay they played well some of the guys you know you saw in that game are gonna be in the pros one day i think I think you know there was some talent there, no doubt about it but uh I don't know. I'd like to see, you know, whether it's home homegrowns versus uh, Generation Adidas or homegrowns versus, ML- uh, you know, college rookies, so- something like that. Something that showcases more of the young talent
0: in the league. Or maybe USL Pro All-Star team. Come on, man. Really? Why, you going, why do you want to go there? <laughs> um, but, but that was the game on Monday, so I, I think we'll see it next year, and I think it'll be awesome for that to keep going. More importantly, obviously the big game. Wednesday is the All-Star game. Uh what are you looking to do for the most uh in this game? I mean, great opportunity for the MLS guys to go up against Bayern Munich.
1: I don't know man. I don't get too caught up in these games. I think the weekend itself is is a good good chance to get fans to come together and and, and have an experience in, in, in a soccer town, soccer city. But the game the the games themselves they don't mean that much. You know, if MLS wins, does it really matter? Does it really mean anything? Yes, when... it
0: does. It means the league has arrived, Ives. Come on, you know this. Don't be <laughs> I mean, dumb. if we if we beat Bayern the worl- 3-1, it yeah. means MLS is top 5 league in the world, no questions asked. Okay,
1: first of all, the Wor- World Cup winners, for those who are not aware, the World Cup winning winning players who are on Bayern Munich are arriving the day of the game and and some of them might play, you know, 10-15 minutes. It, it, it's not uh, even better.
0: Know. Bring them on. We want them to play. We want the MLS to kick the crap out of them. Okay, settle down. Uh,
1: nah, I don't know. I, you know what? It, it's a good. It's a good showcase. It's a good showcase, and it's cool to see the league's best players play together. Having said that, it's not a good look when those players don't play well, or when when the team gets schooled. I mean, last year Roma dominated the team. Uh, you know, before that, you saw um, obviously the the, the MLS All Stars beat Chelsea. And then before that, you know Manchester United smoked them, smoked the MLS All Stars in at Red Bull Arena. So it's been a bit hit or miss. I mean, I still think it, it serves its purpose as an event, but I don't think people need to get too caught up in it. Just like you don't want to get too caught up in friendly results mm-hmm. uh, between clubs, European clubs against MLS clubs. You don't want to get too caught up in this All Star event. It's a cool t- opportunity to see some players play together. That. You know, I'm sure some people have always found it interesting. I mean, who knows? You could see Terry Henry and Femi Martins partner up in in the All Star game as forwards. You could see any number of combinations that that'll be interesting. But don't you know what? If the if the if the MLS stars get spanked, doesn't mean anything. If they win, doesn't mean anything. But you know what? I think people know that by now.
0: Yeah, they should. I mean, look, the All Star game it's it's a reward. You know that that's what it is. It's, it's a, to invite these guys out to kind of put them on the pedestal. For, I mean, these guys are already on the pedestal to begin with, but. It's a reward for them. That's what the whole purpose of the All-Star game is. I mean, maybe for younger guys like Dom Dwyer, Bill Hamid, maybe it means a little bit more for them. But for guys like Clint Dempsey, Michael Bradley, uh, you know, Landon Donovan, Terry Henry going against players like Bayern Munich, I mean, they play these guys in international competition all the time, you know. For the younger guys, it means something. For the older guys, it means nothing, though. Uh, I
1: I would say this. The weekend itself itself is a good time for a lot of these guys to hang out with players that they – don't normally get to spend time with, they normally play against. Uh, Terry Henry had some good comments today about that. Uh, And you can tell he's having a good time uh, meeting guys that, you know, he normally doesn't get to spend time with and vice versa. You know, obviously for some of these guys having the chance to hang out with Henry, get to know him on that personal level, it, it makes it a cool experience. And you can really tell these guys are having fun. Michael Bradley today, I thought he made some interesting comments about how you know, you can, you can show up to one of these events and there can be players that, you know, you've faced and you've probably felt like, I really don't like that guy. But then you come in here, you get to know him on a, little, on a personal level, and you come with, uh, with a completely different perception and view of, the, of that person. So I, I think it, it's a good opportunity for guys to kind of make friendships and understand each other. I mean, look, they're all cut from the same cloth. They're, you know, elite players, elite level, uh, you know, athletes. So, you know, I, th- I think they have a lot more in common that, than they don't.
0: Exactly. It's it's a week long of let's pat each other on the back And tell each other how great we are um, Also what came out Ivis, last 24 hours Caleb Porter, well Kyle Beckerman Pulled out because of an injury but it looks like he'll play On Saturday but I guess precautionary Because you know, all game means nothing Major League Soccer season is more important But in place of Kyle Beckerman is Liam Ridgewell Who has three games under His belt, I believe it makes sense He's from Portland, Caleb Porter's the coach He can call whoever he wants up what are your thoughts on this, Ibis?
1: You know what? At the end of the day, uh, for those people who aren't aware, from an all-star, or all, the, the whole all-star format goes, uh, it, you know, the players who get all-star bonuses, that list is a long list, right? You're talking like 30-plus 30, 30 players because of the CBA, because there used to be the East-West format, so now the equivalent of the number of players that will play in an East-West format all-star get all-star bonuses. So... Caleb Porter calling in Liam Ridgewell is not really costing someone uh, anything. And I know some people will say, oh, wait a minute, what about player X or player Y who's played well enough to deserve a call up to this game? You know, when you're talking short notice like Tuesday, uh, you know, guys are into their routines for the week with their with their teams. and You know, so is it really... Bet that beneficial to fly them, you know, say, like, for perfect example, I saw somebody mention Lee Wynn, and they said, well, why is Ridgewell there? Lee Wynn deserves it. That's fine. But are you on Tuesday, what's probably Tuesday afternoon on the East Coast, going to tell Lee Wynn, hey, Lee Wynn, go get on a plane Tuesday afternoon, fly across the country to maybe get a few minutes in this game. And, you know, I mean, at that point, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the big deal of you know what we have this spot. Let's just give it to a local guy. It's happened before. I, I remember in Philly when Philly hosted it, and, and, and you uh, and you you had uh, Michael Farfan on the team. So I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't think people should get too too bent out of shape. It is a little unique that a player in in Liam Ridgewell who has barely played in the league is in the All Star game. I know that. I get that. It's a little awkward, but it's in Portland. He plays for Portland. Caleb is the coach. He can do what he wants. Uh, you know what? It's not that big a deal.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think asking a player, like you said, to fly across the country when he's doing his thing, its I think that's a little ridiculous. And you know what? It's its an exhibition game. Who really cares? It doesn't mean anything. Uh, more importantly, the game on Wednesday, though, looks like Julian Green is going to get some playing time, an opportunity for U.S. fans uh, to continue to, to see Julian Green. Because, I mean, let, let's face it here. I mean, we have seen him play, but it's not like it's been an extended number of minutes. So hopefully, maybe he gets, you know, 40 minutes in this game. Well, we
1: haven't seen much of him, and I don't think we will see much of him in this game, although Pep Guardiola did say that that Green will play some more minutes than some other guys, like the German uh, World Cup winners who are coming in. Uh, It's interesting, man, the whirlwind that Green has been on, when you think about six months ago. Like, not a lot of Americans knew Julian Green was six months ago. And now you fast forward to today, and you walk around Portland... You will see Julian Green's face on the sides of buses. Like, yeah. just plastered, like his whole, you know, body, like, sh- you know, on big trains and buses. Like, he's become a star already in just six months. That's what scoring a goal in the World Cup will do for you. And it's been a whirlwind, but as he pointed out when I asked him, I asked him that. I said, you know what? How, how, how crazy has it been? Six months ago, you were pretty much unknown here, and now you're, you know, you're on buses. So he was quick to point out that. It has happened fast. He has been surprised by some of it. But he he realizes he's still only 19. He still has a long way to go, a lot to learn, and a lot to prove. So I, I, he, I don't get the sense at all that he's gotten caught up in the hype. He's let it get to his head that he scored a goal in the World Cup. He understands it. And I think playing for a team like Bayern Munich, playing with that level of player for a manager like Pep Guardiola, he's going to keep his feet on the ground. He's not going to get too caught up in stuff because he knows he still has to fight so far fight so hard to even get close to what his ultimate dreams are and he's not even anywhere close to that yet
0: i completely agree i, uh, I have nothing else to say about that <laughs> come on
1: man you know you love julian uh, folks uh, garrett's wearing a julia green jersey as we speak
0: no i no I, that would never happen um but yeah it's just i'd like to see julian green get minutes. it's gonna be nice to see him in person too so actually no i actually I got back i got to i watched him play when uh, when you guys were in uh, in Phoenix, when, from Mexico, USA, but that whole second half from the US is is forgettable. So. You were there
1: for his debut. Come yeah, was how there do you for his forget debut? that? How do you forget that?
0: because well, the second half was that was a horrible second half. All I remember is the first half and how money Michael Bradley was in the first half. Second half, we can forget that. Uh, on Monday, Ivis uh, Seth Blatter made some uh, interesting comments. Obviously, he's never one short to uh, to say anything controversial or to make people's ears. Spike up like a dog, uh, but we'll, we'll touch on the first thing he talked about, where he pretty much said that Canada is looking like a really good option for 2026. Um, saying that, I believe he said something along the lines of "It's about time." Um, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Because you know there has been rumors and speculation that the U.S. will be making a bid for 2026. I mean, could we see a joint bid from both countries, or does Canada have enough, you know, pedigree? Or I don't know, if pedigree is the right word, but has, has enough to win that bid?
1: I don't know. And honestly, for me, if you're asking me who... If the U.S. isn't the the choice in 2026, for me, I think Australia is the choice. Nothing against Canada. And yes, Canada would be much more convenient for most of us here in the U.S. Um, But, I mean, when you think about Canada, uh, they were in in contention there for 2018, 2022. Uh, I think that'd be a great choice for me. And and I'm not saying that just because that's the only... Remaining uh, inhabited continent that I have yet to visit, uh, but because it's a great sporting country, you know they have a great tradition, and I think they, I think they'd be great hosts. And uh, you know what? If, if the choices are Canada or Australia, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think I think Canada could do it, uh, but I wonder if they'll be considered consider a, a joint bid. Um, for me, I think the U.S. is going to host again. It's just a matter of when. I
0: agree. Think we'll get twenty twenty two.
1: <laughs> it's possible. It's po- you know what I hope so. I I'll tell you what, at this point for me, twenty twenty two, I go with anyone but Qatar. That, that's I'm down. I, Canada, USA, Australia. You know I I don't care anywhere but Qatar is basically what I'm hoping for at this point.
0: No, I, I agree with you on that. And on, yeah, I mean convenience wise, Canada wouldn't be that bad of an option. But I I do have this kind of slight issue with. Countries like Qatar winning the World Cup when they never qualified for World Cup. And no offense to Canada, I guess you can make the same argument about the U.S., but the U.S. did qualify in 1990. So I guess you could say it was slightly justified when they got the 1994 World Cup, but, I mean, I'd I, I like to hope that Canada can qualify for the 2018 World Cup, so it makes that... Let's say they win 2026. It looks a little more legit. Not You're finding a way to backdoor your way into the World Cup.
1: Well, you know what? At the end of the day, the World Cup is also a celebration of the sport around the world, so... You know what, if you can get a host country that maybe doesn't normally get into a World Cup, then uh, I don't see the problem with it. I mean, at the end of the day, they still have to try to perform. Uh, there's not that big a difference between a host country that has qualified before but is really weak and a host country that, that has never qualified that is also weak. I mean, you know, look at South Africa. South yeah, it's Af- true. South Africa in 2010. They, I mean, no one ever thought they were going to you know, do much, obviously. And uh, So, I don't know. For me, I don't have a problem with it
0: uh set batter also touched on something else that has been i guess you could say maybe one of the kind of two biggest things people in major league soccer pay attention to the most when it comes kind of the future of the league one of those is promotion relegation we're not touching on that one the one we're talking about today is the is major league soccer heading towards the european calendar Seth Blatter went out and said that MLS has not agreed to it, but MLS will move to the European calendar. But Seth Blatter did not say when that would happen, which kind of raised a lot of speculation and stuff like that. I personally believe it'd be a horrible mistake for Major League Soccer to do that. But I mean, it's kind of interesting to see Seth Blatter kind of like pull that out of nowhere when there really wasn't anything else. I mean, good job, Seth Blatter. How many different
1: ways could you possibly say Seth Blatter? I don't know. I I just like saying the word "Ah." Seth Blatter. You butchered his name 20 different ways. Uh, you know what? I mean,
0: uh, what are we talking exactly. about again? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> we're drawing talking blank. about Seth Blatter. Seth Blatter. How did I forget? You said it 50 I times. Said, I said his name. You,
1: you said it so many times. I'll totally, say it one more time. Seth Blatter. You're, you're, you're hypnotizing about. me by all the Seth Blatter comments.
0: Uh, Everyone should see what's going on right now. I'm in a chair and Ivis is lying down. It's, it he's, like very, yeah, he's like my I therapist. Look, it's like my therapist. It's yeah. like Or I an look, exorcist.
1: He's performing an exorcism. Actually, yeah. I'm laying down... I'm, I'm trying to relax because it's been a pretty stressful day just dealing with all the you know the whole running of SBI it's a you know we're in a transition period right now uh, we need to find some uh, some new st- if the transfer windows open and SBI is in the market uh, for some new writers we definitely need uh, the help we need we need to to revamp the squad and uh, so we're looking we're looking so if you're interested if you are a writer you're you're someone who wants to write about the game and has experience on, on some level of Of writing, then you know what? Reach out to us. Hit us up. Hit me up on Twitter. Shoot me an email. Uh, You know, soccerivis at gmail dot com. And you know what? We're looking. We're definitely looking. So hopefully we can uh, we can find that next generation of talent to help things rolling. But uh,
0: also, my advice to anyone who emails Ivis: if he doesn't respond to you, don't take it personally. You just email the crap out of him until he's forced to respond. Just do
1: it. You know what? Email me like if you really want you know want to touch base. Try to email me you know every couple of weeks or once a week. And uh, I, you know what? Sometimes it's all about the timing. You know because if you if you happen to email me at a time where I'm sifting through emails and I, I can it's funny because people can either get a response from me instantly or they get or they never get a response. Because I tell you, I get a lot of emails. I try to be better about going through them all, but it's it's tough. It's tough to do. But back to the original point: set the ladder, uh, winter calendar. He seems to think MLS is, is going that way, but you know what? Again, MLS president Mark Abbott today on Tuesday uh, made it clear that it's not something that MLS can see themselves doing right now. So yeah. it's not happening, folks. If you were if you thinking oh 2015 they're going to change the, the the format, it's going to go you know it's going to go from uh, you know from the end of the summer. Into the into May August to May, it's not happening. It's not happening. MLS is sticking to its format, and I and
0: you know, hopefully, it gives it another couple of years. But I, I just don't see what the benefits would be to going to the European calendar. I, I, I get where you get the whole like, you know, you're in line with the transfers, it would help out with the CONCACAF Champions League, so you're not always getting destroyed by the Mexican teams at the beginning of, of the new year. Uh, but I mean, MLS is a good thing going, man. I, I just to me. I, I get why it makes sense, but MLS doesn't need to do it. They don't need to do it. The league is becoming, as you know, the league's making money. The league's progressing forward. I don't think it needs to make a drastic move like that. Never. No, I think
1: I agree. I think. And look, anybody, anybody who has seen the dramatic weather, the the crazy weather that can happen in from December to January, February, uh, it, you just can't do it. You really can't. Re- you can't realistically pull it off. So. Uh, I don't see it happening ever. Uh, okay, you know, ever. Okay, I don't see it happening in the next five to ten years. I really don't. Yeah, I agree so, with you on that.
0: I don't know why we're even still discussing it. Well, because it was brought up. Set, set bladder brought it up, because so we had to talk about it.
1: I, I swear. I, I sometimes you just get the sense that he things pop in his head that that he doesn't even think about. and He just says it because it's like pops in his head, and he doesn't always make the brightest comments. Uh, but in, in this instance, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people were. Little freaked out. and thought, uh oh, are we really going to make this switch anytime soon? And and you know what, folks, calm, you can calm down. You don't have to go buy you know a little winter clothes and get ready for you know December, January, February. Even though, look, at this point, MLS Cup's going to be mid mid December. It keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. Uh, but no, I don't see the calendar switching over for MLS.
0: Yeah, I got to say one other thing: a warm weather team better host the MLS Cup. None of this sporting Kansas City crap where it's like five degrees out. That's ridiculous.
1: There's not a lot of options. I mean, you got Sporting KC. They're the one team I honestly think that in the East could host them an MLS Cup. And I know folks in D.C. might say D.C., but no. I'm still not sold on D.C. as a legit title contender. I think they're in that second tier. They've already hit a bit of a snag now a couple games uh, in a row. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at this point, you, you, L.A. is on a little bit of a run now. Maybe L.A. can, can shoot to the top of, their, of, of the table in a... Uh, and be the host again. It seems like they're the host every year, every other year. Um, but yeah, if we have to deal with negative, you know, 10 degree weather in December in Kansas City, uh, I don't know if we'll be able to survive.
0: You will survive. I won't survive. I almost, I almost died last time. Uh, speaking of Mark Abbott, though, kind of all that, he did, he, the MLSW commissioner, uh, he did address Seth Blatter in some of those comments. He did talk about the calendar, saying that wasn't going to happen. Um, he did touch on some other things, though. One of the topics, Ivis, that has been kind of making the rounds of the last week, uh, a lot of it has kind of been spearheaded by, by kind of the bigger bigger college programs, Indiana, Maryland, um, and, and that is college soccer going to a year-long schedule. As we all know, college soccer kicks off in August, ends around November, December-ish. Um, and then spring soccer, let's face it, is a joke. Um, teams are given a couple days when they can play their games, but, I mean, it, it, look, spring soccer is just... It's a waste of time, and no one really takes it seriously. I think some programs do, but let's just face it. It's, it's a waste of time. But going back to the main point, college soccer becoming year-round. Ivis, does this save college soccer? Does it help out the development of the U.S. soccer player?
1: Save college soccer? I mean, I think that's a little dramatic. Co- I am
0: giving college soccer ten years. Ten more years. It won't be as big as it is ten years from now. It's
1: not going anywhere. You know what? At the end of the day, if its role diminishes... It's going to diminish because you're finally having academies doing what they're supposed to be doing. and That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, college soccer does need to change some things to help the development of players. No doubt about it. We all agree on that. Um, having said that, it's not as if the college soccer is going to go away if they don't make some changes. I think this change will help if it happens, but even that isn't really going to be the golden bullet. That changes things. It's not because, as much as yeah, spreading it out means more training sessions. At the end of the day, it's still not uh, comparable to what pro, uh, you know pro players or players in the youth development systems are, are getting in terms of the number of training sessions that they get, the number of games that they get, and obviously repetition, repetitions. Uh, reps are, are the most so so important when you're talking about young players trying to develop. And um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on this change. Uh, having a huge effect on on the player personnel side for MLS. I I really don't.
0: I think it helps, but the problem is the people who will make this decision are the people who look at the finances of it and the financial makeup. And to me, I think doing a year-long schedule, you're going to end up spending more money. And I don't think some of these college programs could afford to even spend that much more money, get along the travel schedule where you're only playing one game a week versus... Thursday, Thursday, Saturday schedule or a Friday, Sunday type schedule. I just think financially, it's not going to happen. On paper, it looks great, but financially, there's just no way it's going to happen, Ivis.
1: I don't know about that. Honestly, it's tough to say. I don't have. I'm not privy to to the finances of college athletic departments, so I can't say what is or isn't doable. What I I'm looking at it strictly from the standpoint of how how is it preparing these players? How will this change be a better option than what they currently have? I would see more practices helps more You know, If you can spread it out, then you can have more games. I mean, I, th- I think that will help. Uh, but I don't think it's a case of, oh, college soccer will live or die based on this decision. I think that's a little overdramatic. Um, but- I think
0: it will help it. I mean, look, in five, ten years from now, when all the major league soccer teams have USL Pro teams, I mean, you're going to be pulling these academy kids right into the USL Pro system. And I'm not saying that college soccer is going to disappear, but you're not going to have... You know, top guys in the draft anymore? The draft is going to be almost like an afterthought. I think. I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> you're
0: so
1: stupid. Yeah, I apologize, folks. I might have dozed off there a little bit of a nap. You know. I, of funny, I can only actually. I can only take so much of Garrett's voice. That's what, <laughs> this is why you're so stupid. This is why I shouldn't lay down and do the show. I'm laying down right now just because you know the bed's so comfy here in my hotel. And uh, but not you know what? I don't know, man. I, it, it's it, will it help? I think it'll help. I mean, it, it'll help in the, from the standpoint of spreading the games out and, and maybe not you know, having so much wear and tear on these players because you get a lot of these college players get injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it every year, top players just getting injured and, and, and just the, the grind of that, you know, the games and the travel. Uh, it can be a bit much for them. But what matters, one thing that really matters is practice time. And, and, and that's a, such an important thing. And, and maybe that help. this helps that because... They don't have to, you know, that they they spread it out. They don't have to play so many games. They had more time to train, uh, more training sessions, more reps in that regard. So, yeah, you know what? I agree. It'll help. But uh, I don't know. I don't think college soccer is going to die if they don't change it. But I do think it will help somewhat. Uh,
0: Another thing that Mark Abbott touched on was Chivas USA. Uh, A lot of speculation on whether or not someone's going to buy the team, rebrand it. Um, I I know Ivis, it seems like that nothing's going to happen, man.
1: Well, they're they're looking for uh, an owner. They're looking for someone to buy the team, and you obviously can't rush it along. You know, someone's got to come along and be interested. So, you know, it, it, maybe it was a little optimistic to to think that you know they someone would jump on it right away in year one. And you know, look, the Chiefs has a lot of problems it has to deal with. So, is it the most attractive entity for someone to to, to, in, uh, to invest in? Not at all. Um, but I think MLS is aware of that now, and I think they realize that the timetable of ho- hoping to have a new owner. Uh, uh, potentially a rebranded team for 2015 was probably ambitious. So the fact that uh, Mark Abbott did come out and say that we could still have Chivas USA in 2015, it's a, it, some people might have been surprised about that, but realistically, it's not that surprising.
0: Well, the other thing he did talk about was where do you put Chivas USA, and uh, when he talked about wanting to put it in a more central location like USC, which, I mean, it's not like USC is that far from, from Carson, but, it, I mean, it's kind of up the road, in, in look, and look, and for people who understand, I mean, I lived in L.A. for a while, and L.A. is like my second home. I mean, the things the way L.A. works is, you know, the Kings are in L.A., the Ducks are in Anaheim, the, you know, the Dodgers are in L.A., the Angels are in Anaheim, and it seems to me like almost putting Chivas USA back in central L.A., U.S.C., and that area, I mean, that's like, you got the Galaxy and Chivas USA once again competing for the same market. I know. I think you need to get Chivas USA out of L.A. and put it like in Orange County or like Riverside Galaxy, or something then, like The Galaxy that. playing Carson. Yes, but a point I'm saying, though, is, is Carson is L.A. I'm saying... It's not It's L.A. proper. It's not... But, proper but, no. it's not Car- Carson? I, Carson is more L.A. Than, than than it is Orange County. Who's talking about Orange County? I'm just saying, the point is, I'm saying is that he... Marget- there is no team in I proper know, know. L.A., and then that's why the league wants to
1: put a team in proper L.A., in the, the
0: center of the city. So but then you're going to alienate all of your Orange County fans? What do you mean, alienate? People from Orange County aren't going to drive up all the way. How many Orange County fans does Chivas USA have? I don't know, but I'm point. They don't have any. So I have none. The Point. I'm saying is, I feel like if they move Chivas USA to USC, that area, I feel like you're 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 taking away a huge portion of soccer fans in the, the Galaxy Orange County are area. Are closer
1: to Orange County than USC is.
0: Orange County fans,
1: if they're going to be in MLS, into MLS. They're going to like the galaxy, and they already do like the galaxy. I mean, my my uncle, I have an uncle. He lives in uh, Laguna Beach. He's a, he goes to Galaxy Games. He, you know, he has tickets to Galaxy. Um, so that's not changing anything. You're like look, Chivas USA moving has nothing to do with Orange County. So like, I, I don't know what you if, if you're trying to say. Oh, it'd be nice if they move them to Orange County. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm that's saying. Not, that's you need to what move I an said. entire team to cater for, cater to Orange County. Like, no. If they the people that are in Orange County that are interested in soccer, already have gone to the Galaxy. They're already represent. They're already supporting the Galaxy. So it's not. You know, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see it being that big a deal. Well, I,
0: I guess they need to figure out. I don't. You know. have people in prop L.A. proper yeah. inner
1: city L.A. who don't go to Carson. Who can't get to Carson? Maybe you can't drive to Carson. It's not like uh, public transportation from you know downtown uh, L.A. to Carson is all that readily available. So. No, it would probably take like a week. Well, this is what I'm saying. So why is that a bad idea, then, to put a team in the heart of the city? I think it's a great
0: idea. Mm. I don't think it's a good idea. Um, one other thing he did talk about, all-star game. Uh, Clint Dempsey talked about how maybe moving into an east versus west type of game. Mark Abbott said that the league likes it, bringing in these European clubs. I think it makes sense bringing in these European clubs. I would also like it to go east west, but, you know, I mean, Either way, it's the All Star Game. What, what, what
1: are your thoughts on this? You know, I I see both sides. Uh, Terry Henry, uh, for one, has been adamant for a while now that uh, about keeping the format, and I understand it because you know if you bring in a high level opponent, it helps the game have more profile, and that in in itself allows for a greater showcase of the league's top teams. I do agree that there is we're getting to a point now where there is so much talent that you could have. A compelling East versus West match. I I agree with that. But I, you know what? I think this format works. I think the current format works. Uh, you know, if you can bring in the right teams, if you can bring in top level teams, you don't want to be bringing it no offense to uh, you know West Ham. Like I remember when they had West Ham. You, you, you know, you don't want West Ham or Fulham. Uh, you want Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal. Uh, that level of team. You can get If you can keep getting that caliber of opponent, then you do it. Then you do it. Otherwise, then I think you should probably just go East-West. Or, hey, how about American versus International?
0: There you go. That'd be actually a good game.
1: Yeah, that'd be a very good game.
0: And while we're out here in Portland, Ivis, you had a chance to talk to Clint Dempsey uh, the other day. And uh, you spoke a variety of things. You can read the article. It's lazily constructed by Ivis on Gold.com. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the death stare he just gave me right now. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. <laughs> uh but you had a chance to talk to Dempsey about a variety of things, um you know, kind of about his future with the US team, kind of where he's come from as a player. I mean, I'll let you elaborate more on kind of what you had a chance to talk to him about.
1: Yeah, no, I had a, had a you know, good chance to sit down and talk to him a little one-on-one and uh it, it's it's just interesting, you know, to it, people, you know, they think of Clint Dempsey and they think of the star, you know, World Cup player, three-time World Cup player, captain of the US team. And it's easy to forget, you know, his humble beginnings. And, I mean, obviously everybody knows um, what, you know, him coming up in Texas and, uh, you know, modest beginnings and all that. But, you know, also remember as a rookie, you know, in MLS and with New England and and the struggles that he that he had it back then, I thought that was some, some good stuff from him. And also talking about, you know, his future with the national team. And he still wants to play for the national team, mm-hmm. but he isn't taking anything for granted. And I think... Uh, I don't think any U.S. player at this point could possibly do that considering what happened with Landon Donovan. I think that sends a clear message that, you know what, nothing is guaranteed when it comes to the national team. And if you're not producing and if you're not, if the coach isn't impressed with you and the coach doesn't think you're good enough, you're not going to be on the team. So, uh, you know, I did find it interesting after that loss to Belgium, uh, you know, just talking to him and and him talking about the team and kind of almost like a... Like, he wasn't a part of it, and, uh, you know, I asked him about that, and he pretty much said, look, you know, 2018's far away, and nothing's a given, nothing's taken for granted, and right now, his target, his goal is to try to be on the team for, for Copa America in 2016, and he really has a lot of respect for that tournament, and he wants to be a part of that, and you know what, I think he's still good enough to be on the U.S. team, and two years from now, I think he should still be good enough, so uh, it, it's, it's only going to help, I think, the U.S. team to have his experience on that team, so you know, here's hoping that he can keep it going and keep playing well. And uh, another thing that I thought it was interesting was him talking about the Olympics in 2012. Because I asked him, I said, look, the Olympics are in 2016 as well. Would you be interested in that? And he made it pretty clear, look, Copa America, for him, is a bigger tournament than the Olympics. And uh, he also pointed out that, well, I asked him, I said, well, would you have played in 2012 in the Olympics? And he said, yes. Like, he, you know, he would have he definitely looked into that. And it probably would have helped him a bit. That, you know, for those who remember, that summer... Was a bit of a rough one for him because the whole uh, saga of him leaving Fulham and going to Ever- uh going to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he Fulham really put him through the ringer and had him training on his own, and uh, it was a really ugly. They ugly. had him with
0: the youth squad, right? Yeah, it was yeah. it was a
1: bad it was a bad situation the way that ended, and he wouldn't have had to deal with that. He would have been you know with the the Olympic team, and uh, it, it would have been it would have been interesting. So, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So we'll never know. And. You know, you always talk about the butterfly effect, right? And how a couple of things change and, and everything else changes. Let's think about this for a second, right? The U.S. under-23s in 2012, they don't qualify for the um, the Olympics. Uh, if they qualify for the Olympics, you're talking about Clint Dempsey potentially playing in the Olympics and potentially, uh, you know, going into his next move in, in a better situation, uh, you know, he started off slow at Tottenham, and who knows? Maybe if he had played in the Olympics, he would have had a better uh, season in 2012, and maybe he isn't even in MLS right now. Maybe he stays in Europe. And not only would he, let's just play it along, not only might he still be in Europe, Caleb Porter would not be the coach of the Portland Timbers. Because, for those who don't remember, yes, right. if, you know, him not qualify, he was a coach of the 23s that didn't qualify, by missing out on the Olympics, that made him available like he was available to take the portland timbers job so it's just interesting when you think about where caleb porter and clint dempsey might be right now if, if those things had changed and it was funny because there they were yesterday uh on monday at the uh, mls all-star press conference uh, caleb porter your coach clint dempsey one of your stars and how different things could have been if the u.s had had qualified for the olympics
0: Pretty crazy, actually, when you think of it yeah, like that. There's always
1: things like that. Always scenarios that, you know, if for not for that bouncing ball, that which, which fo- one, the
0: one that Sean Johnson should stop. The one, stopped?
1: the one that Sean Johnson, You know what? Yeah, <laughs> that that shot, that bouncing shot. If John, if Sean Johnson makes that save, Caleb Porter might not be the coach of the Portland Timbers. Oh, no, he isn't the coach of Portland Timbers. And Clint Dempsey, maybe he's not in MLS. Crazy, crazy. It is.
0: Crazy thing think about. It's crazy. Well, it, and it's not like... I mean, Dempsey did have that slow start at Tottenham, but, I mean, he overall had a pretty good season for them, though. I mean, it wasn't the best one he had that he had in England, but, I mean, it wasn't a horrible season for him, though. No, it
1: ended up pretty well. Yeah. But, but who knows? You know, maybe if he goes and has a good Olympics, maybe he doesn't even go to Tottenham. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe he makes another move. and uh, Or maybe he just get, hits the ground running at Tottenham, has a, a stronger year, and maybe Tottenham doesn't want to let him leave. So,
0: I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, Dempsey. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think he'll still be good enough to play in 2016. And, I mean, look, a guy like him with the quality that he has on the ball, I mean, and no, and I don't want to look too far ahead in the future, but, I mean, obviously when you look at kind of the current pool of players, I mean, is, is there any young guy that can really step up and, and be at Clint Dempsey's level in 2018 in terms of just quality <laughs> on the ball? You know, that the touch that he has, his ability to find the, put the ball in the back of the net, things like that.
1: Uh, it's tough to say, you know. Uh, someone like Harry Ship is—he's uh, showing some good qualities. I mean, they're not similar; they're really not the same player. But I like Harry Ship, you know. I had a, had a chance to, to talk to Harry Ship for the first time on uh, on Monday after the uh, after the what was it—the Homegrown game.
0: Does <laughs> Harry Ship know that you have a man crush on him right now? What are you talking about? Oh, you are I in p- love I p- with him.
1: I picked him to win Rookie of the Year before the season, so I was early on the bandwagon. He's a good player. He's a good player, but there's a lot of talented players. But you never know. I mean, to be honest, when you think about it, when Clint Dempsey was a rookie, I don't know how many people would have said, "Oh, Clint Dempsey's going to go on and be this player." I mean, I remember him as a rookie. I remember his first, second year. I thought he was a little bit, he was a little bit of a dirty player. I thought he was a little chippy. He was pretty versatile. He had some skill, but he really didn't blossom until like his third year in the league.
0: Right, well hey, a lot will change in the next two years leading up to the Copa America Even four years leading up to uh, the uh, the World Cup Same thing with Matt Beezer I don't think many people had him pegged starting for the US to be one of the better defenders uh, Before we get into the SBI Q&A, you and I have not discussed our mid-season awards I'm sure everyone's just been dying to hear who you and I think is the best defender Who is the MVP Who is the Rookie of the Year and all that. Because what's going to happen, if I just go first, you're then going to complain how I'm stealing your pick. Go, first, and all you that go stuff. first. You go first. What, what do you go first. What do you want to start off with? We'll alternate. We'll alternate. Okay. Do we want to start off with Defender of the Year? Do you want to start with Rookie of the Year? Would you
1: like uh, do? Let's go Coach of the
0: Year. Coach of the Year? Yes. I would say for my Coach of the Year, Oscar Pareja. What job he's done in FC Dallas? I thought it has been fabulous. Um, he's getting a lot of good play from a lot of young, young guys on that team. And uh, I, look for me. He's the coach of the year,
1: Not bad, not bad, my friend. Um, yeah, uh, I, I would I would refer you to the 2013 MLS standings, and one team in particular, DC United. But you can't. They won three games last year, and I know, I know. They How... re, they rebuilt their roster. Yes. Rebuilt. Making rebuilt rosters work is not always easy. It's not always easy. You got to give Ben Olsen some credit to get it all to kind of work together, and here they are, two points out of first place, third best record in the league. Uh, you I'm, I'm, you got to give him some credit. I mean, FC Dallas had talent. Oscar Pereira came in, and they had talent. It's not like they were, you know, uh, a completely beat up team or you know a team that didn't have some quality. They had some quality. Pereira has mm-hmm. d- done a good job. Uh, you know who I, I tell you what, Pablo Mastroeni. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Mestreni's done Definitely. a good job. Uh, he's playing young players. You want to talk about somebody who's getting something out of young players. He is getting something out of young players. So I think he's a good pick.
0: Uh, yeah, I think those are the top guys. Top guys? Wait, a minute, we, we just said three names, though. So top three.
1: Uh, for me, that's the top. My my vote, my top, my ballot is uh, Ben Olsen, Pablo Mestreni, and. Uh, I'll 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 go ask See, I
0: See, I feel like I I want to give it to Ben Olson, but just when you look at the acquisitions that DC brought in, and just so many guys were good players coming in, I I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe if DC wins the East, maybe I, they will then push towards Ben Olson. But hey, a lot will happen. Um, Defender of the Year, I think you and I will both agree on this one. I think Chad Marshall, Seattle Sounders. Why are you going sure? first again, though? Oh, well, <laughs> you and I are going to Agree on right. anyways.
1: No, no, maybe not. Who, who are you going to pick? Maybe I'll go uh, Bobby Boswell. That's a very good pick. Look, Chad Marshall has been very important for Seattle. He's been a rock for them. As we saw in the 3-0 thrashing by L.A., how important he is. But I'll tell you what, Bobby Boswell, you look at D.C. United, and their goals goals allowed, uh, right now the Galaxy, best defense in the league in terms of goals allowed, but D.C., I think he's done a good job with their defense, and mm-hmm. Bobby Boswell. I think he's been a big part of that. And uh, you also look at Bobby Boswell leaving Houston, and look at Houston's defense now Worse than the league. Horrible.
0: Houston's horrible.
1: So I think I tell you what. I think Bobby Boswell. You know what? You, can, you know what? Chad Marshall it's a solid pick, safe pick. You could argue Bobby Boswell one of the more underrated players in MLS, one of the more underrated defenders. So I'll give Bobby Boswell the nod, even though I, I'll agree Chad Marshall is just as is just as worthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, hey. I lost one, man. Reliving that 2006 Defender of the Year. He's a good defender to begin with. Uh, I was. I'll let you go first on this one. Goalkeeper of the Year.
1: Hmm. You got me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no. I don't have a pick. Bill Hamid, man. We can't give DC every award. So, I, uh, I, you know what? That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Although
0: I'm you not know, giving he DC w- every award. You've given DC two awards. I've given, this is my first one.
1: Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, he's done well. No, I'm not going to argue there. I'll go with Jaime Pinedo, LA Galaxy. They have the best defensive record in the league, and they didn't have Omar Gonzalez for half of yeah. these games. Uh, they've had a bit of a patchwork defense back there. So Jaime Pinedo, LA Galaxy, he's made some outstanding saves. He's been very steady, very steady, and that's key for me. Bill Hamid has done great, but he's also had his mistakes. He's also had his kind of moments where it's like, okay, he could have done better there. I mean, just now in there, this weekend, again, the loss to Houston, even though Steve Birnbaum can take the blame for, for starting that kind of awkward sequence, Bill Hamid could have done a lot better on that, that game-winning goal for Houston. So it's not obviously not based on one play, but just to kind of show you, for me, Jaime Pinedo has been more consistent. Quality player, I'll go Jaime Pinedo.
0: Uh, rookie of the year.
1: <laughs> it's the easiest one, Harry Ship. Uh, he's running away with it, but you've got a guy in Tesho Akendele who is coming on strong. And it's only au- early August. You've got a couple of months. You got three months. If Akendele keeps sliding it up like he has been, mm-hmm. we're going to have a nice, uh, nice little photo finish there. But Ship, outstanding. No, there's no debating how outstanding he's been.
0: For selfish reasons, I, I wish that Thomas McNamara did not get injured in the beginning of the year because I think it would have been a great race with him and Harry Ship. Because both of them, I mean, Thomas McNamara before he injured looked outstanding. It's unfortunate; it would have been awesome. But I agree with you. Harry Ship has just been uh, outstanding for them. Um, how about Ivis? Best newcomer of the year. A lot
1: of good newcomers, um, and it should be pointed out before anyone even says it. Bradley Wright Phillips was was in was on on the <laughs> Red Bulls last year.
0: He was. What are you talking about?
1: It might be easy to forget because, you know, he really didn't have a big impact. he had one goal last year? Yeah, so I know some people say, hey, Bradley My phillips has been amazing. But, yes, he's not a newcomer. He was there last year. Also, Michael Bradley is not a newcomer because he was in the league before. So he doesn't qualify. For me, I don't know what the official MLS, uh, you know, what their stance is on it. But for me, you, if you were already previously in MLS, you are not a newcomer. For me, newcomer of the year, I'm going to go Pedro Morales. Yes. Vancouver Whitecaps. Very good pick. Uh, I actually picked him. If we go back, we should listen to our preview show. I'm pretty sure I picked Pedro Morales before. Actually, no. You know who I picked? I think I might have picked Gaston Fernandez, but Pedro Morales was my second pick. Newcomer of the year. He was such a sleeper. Not a lot of people were big on him. He was my second choice for Newcomer of the year. He's been outstanding, and he's someone, if you want to talk about snubs, guys who could be here at the the All-Star Game, Pedro Morales has been outstanding.
0: Wait wait wait, I'm sorry. Who was your newcomer of the year? Did you say?
1: I thought Gaston I don't I think I picked Gaston for You
0: did. You had a number 2 for your newcomer of the year.
1: Who? Rales? Well, I'm
0: sorry. Well, I'm sorry. You had him as your newcomer of the year, but then when you took the SBI, Jermaine Defoe was was the newcomer of the year. Which I mean, Jermaine Defoe's easy to pick. I mean, he's been fabulous for Toronto FC. So is that your pick? My pick? Yeah, I say Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, that's not bad. But but I I do like uh Pedro Morales, though I mean he's been outstanding for Vancouver Whitecaps this season. Though that's two good ones. I mean he's really good. this um, uh, another one. Comeback Player of the Year.
1: I don't believe in that award. <laughs> we don't we don't acknowledge that award in SBI. Oh, it, most, most Improved, improved most Player improved. I'm is the sorry. award that you people should acknowledge because okay. comeback is so convoluted. It's a joke of an award. Um, most improved player? I, I I gotta think
0: about that. We got we. we I'm gonna we go with Jai Zardes most improved. Even though you saw his quality, but dude, the I, last uh, the this streak he's been on Ivis over the last two months, he's been outstanding for the LA Galaxy. Yeah. Okay, you could. Oh, he's cooled off a little bit. But what about Quincy Mariqua?
1: I'm gonna go with Jao Plata. Jao Plata.
0: come on. He was Why? already a good player.
1: He was alright last year. You he, he can't say he was... He's like a best 11 caliber player right now.
0: First off, he should be in the All-Star game. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. You could argue... Eh. Joel Plata is an outstanding player. There you go. And I think he's like four or five too. <laughs> four <laughs> no, five. I'm just joking. He's very short, but, man, he is... When he's in the box, he's uh Well, alright, here's nasty. the...
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess if, you, if you're going to argue uh, most improved is someone who's never been good or never been quality, then, yeah, I mean, that's a little tougher argument. I mean, you want to talk about most improved based off if they were really bad last year or didn't have a good year the year before. Yeah. Fabiano Spindler has had himself yeah, a monster yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. And he had a, you know, I don't want to say an awful year at the Red Bulls, but it was a bit of a forgettable year. He was miserable there. He didn't want to, he didn't want to be there, even though he still, he still racked up some goals there. It was, like, the quietest, you know, eight or nine goals that anyone had ever scored. Now, this year for D.C. has obviously been a big part of of their success. Seven goals, eight assists. Actually, last year he had nine goals. Fabiano, listen to this goal totals. 2011, 10 goals. 2012, nine goals. 2013, nine goals. And here he is this year. Seven goals, eight assists. Uh, You know, if he keeps that up, he's going to shatter his personal best in goals and assists this year. Mm -hmm. So... He's someone, you know, he's someone who I think, you know, deserves some credit for, you know, really stepping up his game this year.
0: That's a good pick. I like that one. See, I I guess
1: See, and the thing with Zardis, he was a rookie last year. And he was just adjusting to the league. So, like, I mean, I don't know. The
0: only one I can really think off the top of my head is Quincy Marroquois. Like, a guy who literally came. I mean, granted, he's been in the league, bounced around. He had
1: a monster first two months. Yeah, and after he's cooled that, off, he's though, cooled.
0: so I don't know if yeah. that's. That, but he's the only one I can really, like, I know what you're saying. You're talking about guys that have been coming, like, out of nowhere. I guess you could say Bradley Wright-Phillips because Bradley Wright-Phillips was <laughs> not. Bradley
1: Wright-Phillips didn't do much at all last year. So, if you want to talk about a guy who. Went from kind of a non-factor to to really being the quality. Ethan Finley in Columbus. There's another guy who he was like a non-factor before this year. This year he's really made an impact. So you got you got some guys. Luis Silva, mm-hmm. who you know he's a guy who I always thought had the talent, and now this year he's starting to kind of put it together. Five goals to assist. So there's some pretty decent ones. Some pretty decent ones. But uh, who's so who'd you say he played Uh <laughs> no, I don't
0: know. I mean, it's it, it. You know what I mean? It's it's. I, I said Shazzy's artist, but I, I, you're right, I can't pick him. And Quincy Miracle has cooled down, so. I will go with Plata because Jao Plata, can't he. Go with listen, Jao Plata.
1: Plata went from energy off the bench, good option, to now he is impacting multiple games, like dominating some games. And he's, for me, you could argue best if you want to go positionally. He's a best eleven player. He can he yeah. good enough to be considered best eleven player. So
0: your most improved player was, do you know who it was before the season? Yeah, before the season. Wow, I, I couldn't tell you. Luis Gil. Nah.
1: yeah, so much for that. I'll, yes. I'll
0: give you this: you did have rookie of the year, Harrison Ship, goalkeeper of the year. You did have Jaime Pinedo. Nice. Look at you. Hey, where, your I... defender of the year was Matt Beasler. Okay, all, all right. So, <laughs> who's your golden boot at the beginning of the year?
1: Jack Magner. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Jack Mag. Hey, yeah. look. You know what? He,
0: he's gotten. He's he's gotten traded to to
1: Montreal, and he's he's doing all right. But also yeah. your
0: coach of the year, Oscar Perea.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Um, the last one, MVP, Ivis. A couple worthy candidates. I don't think anyone's out. You know, no one's like no one's run away with it yet.
1: It's an interesting one because you got a lot of guys with big totals. I think people. I think. A, <laughs> Nothing against Bradley Wright-Phillips, but I think the lazy pick is Bradley Bradley Mm Wright-Phillips because you just look at his big goal total. When I'd argue, he's not even the MVP of his team. Terry Henry is the MVP of that team. Henry's
0: setting him up. Terry
1: Henry pulls the strings, right? But is Henry the MVP? No. Um, I would argue Dom Dwyer, and the reason I'd argue Dom Dwyer is, um, I'm a big uh, proponent of a stat. record, Team's record when you score a goal. And when you... Look at those totals. You've got Bradley Wright Phillips. His the the Red Bulls record when he scores goals not great, but Dom Dwyer, Jermaine Defoe, two of the best records when it comes to that. So that that for me that really ha- like that is a good measure of value for me. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that Sporting KC team, um, they've really needed him to be their kind of go to forward, their go to goal scorer. He's done a great job so. Uh, you know what? Dom Dwyer, MVP, or Obafemi Martins. You can go either way with those. I, I, I think you can't go wrong with either pick. I, that's a tough one.
0: I, I, that's the thing. No one's running away with it yet. No, yeah. you got it's a lot kind of, of good of, candidates.
1: But I, I think for me, there's a short list, and I, I, I'm going to probably go
0: I'm probably go Dom Dwyer. I would say my short list is Dom Dwyer, Obafemi Martins, or Robbie Keane. And Dark Horse, Eric Torres.
1: I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all because your team... You know what? He's had a good season, no doubt about it. But no, you, if your team is not having a good year, then you are not MVP because, you know what? They'd be bad without you. So, like, it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> no,
0: they'd be worse without him.
1: How? Well, What's worse? Like, what, once they're being dead last instead of almost last? Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't buy that one at all. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he has... Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's scored in a lot of different games, but... I don't buy that one. I don't buy that one at all.
0: Um, So, there it is. Those are mid-season awards, Ivis. We could go over first team. We do you want to name first team 11? Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot.
1: I hadn't really thought about it, but if you want, it, if you want to do it, we will, we'll, we'll do it.
0: Okay, so goalkeeper, who are we going to go for? I said Paneto. Okay, Pinedo. Who, uh, And Who do you pick? My goalkeeper? Huh? I'll go Bill Hamid.
1: All right, right back.
0: My right back, I would go with Dariela.
1: That's ridiculous. He's been terrible. (laughs) World Cups do not count. It's MLS. What are you talking about? They count. Does not count? Sean Franklin, DC United, right back.
0: Center backs: Chad Marshall, Matt Beasler.
1: Chad Marshall, Bobby Boswell.
0: Bobby Boswell. Who's your left back? Robert Rogers.
1: Uh, yeah, right. Um, Sesnovich.
0: Sporting Kansas City. Move up to the midfield.
1: Defensive midfielder.
0: I gotta think, man. Um I don't know, who'd you pick?
1: I'll go as Vando Alonso. Vando Alonso. That's a good pick.
0: Then pick. who's your tagging? Benny Fellharbor? Ooh, you pick. Who's your pick? You tell me? Right, I'm going Benny Fellharber.
1: Hmm. He's done really well. Pedro Morales.
0: I see oh damn it, I should have figured I like that. I see, you're right. I, the more, more I think about Pedro, the better he is. Alright, who's who's your uh, outside outside mid?
1: Right winger, yeah, right winger. Do,
0: uh, well, I don't know what formation we're playing, but just outside we're going right. full. Well, you know what? what I, you going, I, like four, it, I like keeping. I like
1: keeping kind of natural, my natural formation. Okay.
0: Um, are we doing positions? Why don't we just do midfielders. Four best midfielders.
1: No, because that's. I don't know. I, I, I like. I like acknowledging guys who are, who are the best at their positions. Okay. okay. Why? I mean, Lee Lee Win.
0: Yeah, I say Lee Win.
1: And João yeah. Plata.
0: João Plata plays up top. He's a forward.
1: He can play. And he can play wide. And he can play wide and
0: like you know. And in my he's, system, he's playing. I'll put him in forward for me. I think he was on the he's left. Like,
1: look at the forwards center are up, up, up for the up for for best eleven. He's not going to make best eleven. Are you kidding? He'd be like fourteen best eleven as a forward.
0: Then he was on the left. John Potter put jump button on the left. He was on the right. Henri. We're talking what? What are you talking? You're drunk right now.
1: Sorry, I apologize. So it's, I think I don't know what is in Garrett's drink, but I, I don't think it's just Coke. it's
0: Coke. There's nothing in there. I
1: don't know, man. You sound, you sound a little off.
0: Um. All right, then who's up top for you? Dom Dwyer. Uh
1: huh. Robbie
0: Keane.
1: Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane's not a bad MVP pick, by the way. No, he's not at all. Uh. Yeah. You know what? I might go. You know, I, I'll tell you what. I'll put I'll put it like this. I'd say uh, mid season, I'm gonna go Dwyer, but when the season ends, I think Robbie Keane's gonna be the guy. I think Robbie Keane's yeah. gonna be the MVP.
0: I can see that, especially. I mean, LA Galaxy are doing what the LA Galaxy do. Every August, they kind of wake up from their from their slight hibernation, and then they just start destroying everyone. And Robbie Keane over the last couple weeks has been a monster, hard to defend for most teams. So there it is, Ivis, the SBI show midseason awards. Time to move on to the SBI Q and A now. And the first question comes from Andrew Schmidt. He asks lots of chatter in LA about question, but time is running out. Hear anything new about this?
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything new, honestly. I mean, the, every impression I got was that that deal was going to get done. Um, as of right now, there's another day to go, so you know, no, I haven't heard any chatter yet here in Portland. But uh, I think LA, if LA wants it, I th- get get it done, I think I think Sasha Kalchen wants to come back, wants to play in LA. So there's no reason they shouldn't be able to make it happen.
0: Uh, we'll keep it also LA themed. Scott Utterson asks, who gets a U.S. men's national team call up first? Robbie Rogers or Jai-Z's
1: Uh, Robbie Rogers has gotten called up before. He's I, guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, you know what I mean. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think they'll both get called up in January. How about that?
0: Okay. There you go. Uh, next question comes from Trevor Moore. Excluding form and rosters, who would you rather have? What... Who, would you? I'm sorry. Would you rather have Dynamo record at six eleven or four or Fire record three five and thirteen? Both teams are at twenty two points. I'd rather have Houston. They've won six times.
1: They've tasted victory six times. I know you can argue. Well, they the you know the Fire have only tasted defeat three times. But <laughs> I'd rather be the team that has won and enjoyed six wins as opposed to only three wins.
0: Uh, next question comes from Roger Clevis. With all talk of Las Vegas and Minneapolis and Sacramento, which one makes more sense? This is in regards to MLS expansion.
1: Um, Minneapolis. I agree too. Yep they they're, they're they've always had a great soccer fan base mm-hmm. there. Uh, obviously they do well with their NASL team. Yep. So there you know there's I think there's some kind of history. I mean obviously Sacramento's come out flying out of the gate. They're 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 drawing great crowds. But I don't know. I just think, I just think Minneapolis has always been a team that I saw when, uh, having an MLS team one day.
0: I agree. I also think that Las Vegas is a little bit of a pipe dream. That is, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I,
1: as much as I wouldn't mind a road trip, Vegas road trip in the schedule every now and then, I don't see it happening.
0: Yeah, I, Vegas. I, I I was surprised it picked up that much traction. Um, next question comes from Corey Herks. Where I'm sorry, he asks, where will Breck Shea play next year?
1: Uh, I think he's in Europe, and I, but I, I don't think he'll be at Stoke. I think uh, I don't get the sense that Mark Hughes is a big fan. Um, having said that, I know there's been a lot of rumblings about Breck Shade coming back to MLS. I, I just don't see that. Um, so, yeah, so yeah,
0: I think he'll be in Europe somewhere, maybe uh, once again going on. Alone. Next question, Ivis, comes from Charles Polanski. He's asked you to relive your Brazil trip. So how did you get to the USA versus germany Recife match in Brazil? Many hoops were jumped for me to get there. A three and a half hour trek.
1: Well, we took our uh, the media shuttle, um, which ran every hour, and, and I think we were just lucky that you know we had a really good driver who was able to get through the flooding. And I got to tell you, there were times during that drive where I thought, "This is it. We're going to get stuck here. The the the, the bus is going to stall out. There's no way it can drive through this much water." But it did. They did. Uh, they, they they got through it. The car uh, the tr- the bus did not stall. Um, I got some great pictures of of, of the flooding. Um, I didn't think we were going to make it. I didn't think we were going to make it to kickoff. I thought we were going to miss the beginning of the game. But we ended up getting there about an hour before the game. So uh, you know, what? credit to that bus driver.
0: Next question, I have is, comes from Ben Shenko. Will the crew be signing a player or two before the window window closes? If yes, who? I didn't hear you. Uh, he's asking if the crew will sign a player before I, I the window that,
1: closes. Um, I think they have the space to do it. Um, I don't know if they will do it. Um, and I definitely don't know who they'll sign. But they clearly need some attacking help. I think that's pretty, uh, you know, when they traded away Damodura, you figured they had something lined up. Uh, but I think I think we're going to see a handful of deals right at the window. And I think to LA is one. And I think Columbus is going to add a forward.
0: Uh, Josh Lafferty asks, "Will MLS be a top league by 2022?"
1: What are we talking eight years from now? I don't know. Top league. I mean, could it be? A t- it's tough to say because look, you're not just talking Europe. You're also talking Brazil, uh, Argentina. You, you know, I think for me, the first step is you want to surpass Mexico, and and they're not there yet. I know some people might disagree, but look, Chicago, until MLS teams beat, team, uh, beat Mexican teams in Cock-a-Calf Champions League knockout round. Uh, I think Mexico still gets the edge, so I think that's the first step. You want you got to get past Mexico just on the, on that scale, and I think they're headed in that direction. I think as you you know you're going to have Orlando and New York City FC come in, and, and and hopefully their ownership groups are serious about building strong teams, and you get that sense. So with two more strong teams to 21, I think that's only going to help the league.
0: Uh, final question comes from Zachariah Spat. With new and old defensive acquisitions, can the Union make a late playoff push?
1: I think they absolutely can. They're right. They're right in that mix. Uh, I, I think they have enough attacking quality uh, to score goals and, and, and put themselves in position. But the defense has really been the problem. Uh, you know, a lot of you know unforced errors and uh, blowing late leads. But they, look at look at where they are. They're only three points out of a playoff spot right now. To add Carlos Valdez is huge because the guy is quality defender. Um, so now you've got, you've got Valdez, you've got Amobiakugo, Maurice Adu. Both those guys can play midfield or center back. So I, I think it's exactly what Philly needed um, for this push.
0: That wraps up the SBI Q&A. Wraps up today's show. Before we go out and get into any shenanigans that we're going to get into tonight, anything else we got to talk about? Uh, I think that's it,
1: man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what lineup Caleb Porter goes with, which eleven guys he starts against Bayern Munich, uh, and I'm also interested to see Julian Green in action against some of his old U.S. national team teammates. I think it's going to be some. It's going to be fun, and, and you know what? You could even have DeAndre Ellen go be going up against Julian Green.
0: Oh, that's true. You could.
1: So hopefully, we see that matchup. What's your prediction this- for tomorrow? <laughs> I think I think Bayern Munich will win. I think it'll be three one. Uh, I think there'll be some good glimpses from MLS. I think it'll be a more competitive game than last year's game against Roma, uh, in part because Bayern are missing a lot of their top guys yeah. that, who aren't going to really be starting and, and may not play at all. Three
0: one, really? I'll go three one. Three one, okay. What, are you what do you say? I say MLS All Stars win in a shootout. <laughs> all right, there you go. Everyone, it's on the record. And you know who finishes it? Liam Ridgewell. Nah, Liam Ridgewell. <laughs> He scores, and everyone's going to be like, oh, I'm so happy. Caleb Porter called him up. Yeah, did we talk about that
1: pickup, that, that selection, by the way? Did yeah, we, we did.
0: How uh, Did you sleep this whole show?
1: I don't know, man. Once you start talking, all, everything goes blurry. So You know, know,
0: why are you so mean to me? People think you <laughs> are legitimately mean to me.
1: Bust shops. chops. I think people figured out by now. I don't think they think that. <laughs> Garrett and I are boys. We're, we're, he's my, he's my, my right-hand man. He's a uh, he's a good guy. So even you know who's though he's
0: not my boy, Jimmy Conrad, that guy thinks he's so cool.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Conrad, come on, man. He just he was just just made the, Dex, he just, he just <laughs> made he just made the ring of honor for, for for sporting KC. So come on, he's big time now.
0: <laughs> big time, bust things, whatever, dude.
1: Yeah. Nah. <laughs> that's all right. I think you and him have to fight tonight at whatever party. I'm we end up, pretty but.
0: sure he can kick my ass. I don't know. I don't know.
1: He had some concussion issues. I think you know.
0: I have I have concussion issues now too. Really? Yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, Ivis, dude, we we got we got to uh, we got to put our makeup on, make sure our hair looks good, and we got to get ready, dude. So, uh, show's done, dude. Ivis, let's have a good time tonight. Yes, sir. It's, I feel weird closing the show with you in person. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Do the normal sign off. What man. do I say? Uh, Ivis, I'll, I usually say I'll talk to you later, but I'm, I'm going to see you after this, so I can't say that. So you are going to talk to
1: me later. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what I mean, like. You're still going to talk to me right <laughs> 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 All right, Ivys. Uh, everyone, as always, thank you for listening to the show. For Ivys and myself, thank you for listening. We, we need some more reviews on iTunes if you're not doing anything. We will
1: try to do another show, uh, hopefully, maybe after the game on Wednesday night, the All Star game. That's not going to happen. Okay, probably not. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll shoot for. Uh, what time do you leave on Thursday?
0: <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. What time I thought I purchased an 8 a.m. flight, but I actually purchased an 8 p.m. flight.
1: Well, I'm on a red eye too.
0: On Thursday night, yeah. Oh, so we're, oh sweet! We're Let's definitely out doing
1: Thursday. Show. Yes. <laughs> oh Thursday. SBI show on Thursday, so look out for that.
0: that was this this great. is this is legit this excitement. Is a live too. This is this is actually legit because I had no idea. I thought you were leaving early. Uh, no, right. never,
1: never. I always take the red eye in Portland because you got to get that extra day in town. So I'm hoping to uh, head over to the Nike uh, Nike store and uh, you know check out check out the stuff there. I like to rack up.
0: All right, I'll go with you. All right. All right. As one of your children, you can purchase me new shoes for this upcoming school year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All I right. think
1: I think my 11 year old wears bigger bigger shoes than you
0: actually. I want, I am uh, like a 10.
1: Okay, he's, he's he's you're still ahead of
0: him. Can I beat him up?
1: Uh, for now, yes. But I'll give him another year, he could probably beat you. Up. Oh, he, he does he does wrestling though. He's, he like, f- he's like he's like he's like five 140. God, pounds. I'm like what two
0: inches taller than him. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I will say, the the best part about you and I going out is when people see me in person for their life, they always kind of do a double take and look at me going like, Garrett looks nothing like how was describes him on the show. I can see that in everyone's eyes. Uh, Because no one believes that I'm me when they meet me. Everyone expects me to be like this short ginger.
1: You're not that tall.
0: Settle down. I'm not that short either. You're pretty short. No. Well, next to Dan, I tell I'm short. He is the biggest guy I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: For those who don't know, Dan Itehl is the Portland Timbers beat writer for MLS soccer. He's and, uh, humongous. Good guy, former SBI uh, writer slash editor. He's he's one of my boys here in Portland. Uh, he was out. He's about six four. He's a he's a big big man.
0: He's like a, it's like a wall. He's also wide too. He's just a big. He's I was like Holy he should crap. He, he
1: should be a bouncer. Yeah, he
0: definitely yeah he definitely. He's, yeah, he def- he's too a nice bouncer. a guy though.
1: He's too nice a guy. To uh, be a bouncer.
0: All right, well look, we gotta go because we need to get some stories for our next show. So, Ivys uh for myself Garrett for Ivis thank you for listening to SBI show we appreciate any all your comments reviews your listens and and everything you guys do to support our show this is the SBI show